0: And we are back on the Sports Gloss, April 6th. Justin and Jamal live from Little Owl Studios. What a pleasure to have you with us. Lots going on in the sporting world, lots going on in the world. Many things to cover. Jamal Cox, how are you? Never better. Ever yeah, better. Now, coming up, we've got an interview with our friend and colleague, Natalie Tokos. We do Tuesday Night Basketball with her. She's got a heck of a story. Her tale from the West Coast of Canada to your home state, Virginia, and the University of Richmond. What a tale we're going to get into with Natalie uh, in the next segment incredible to have her here. Thanks so much for her time. We think you glossers are going to love what she's got to say. She's got some really cool stuff, uh, some parenting stuff, some wonderful uh, basketball thoughts. And again, her journey is is quite unique, I feel. And uh, we really appreciate, appreciate her being our first guest interview on the Sports Gloss. What a treat to have her here. JC, let's piggyback on the biggest story of the weekend, the men's and women's NCAA tournament. And by the biggest story, mostly I mean the women's tournaments, which we've been on. The Gloss has been riding with the women's tournament for a while. It's been much more interesting through the rounds. And boy, did that ever come to fruition on the weekend. Caitlin Clark v. Don Staley in South Carolina on Friday night was absolute entertainment and electric I was totally focused on that on Friday night fast forward to Sunday LSU versus Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes I'm sure there's other players on that team I don't know who they are (laughs) even though I watch most of that game um Angel Reese coach Kim Mulvaney and her crazy fits on the sidelines wonderful game LSU wins but yeah so cool to see um, women's basketball, NCAA women's basketball, at the forefront. Not only a much more entertaining product, the characters and the athletes much more um, grabbing and gripping. And in the UConn beats San Diego State on Monday night, but just didn't has it didn't have that same pizzazz and zing of the women's tournament. JC to coin a phrase. I'm with you, man. Here we are,
1: uh, days later, and we were leading with. The women's tournament it captivated our our minds and our hearts for sure enamored with these players we just learned about it's so great so great so many things we've been talking about caitlin clark for a while she as you said she got it done against south carolina her and her team david Slade goliath and then they made it to sunday against lsu Dane Lillard
0: like the way she shoots crosses half court green light green light you give me a couple of feet I'll put one right in your eye she'll shoot from wherever and she'll make it from weather wherever heck yeah
1: and the thing is too uh, really quickly while we're uh, giving her her flowers she can pass the ball too there were a couple backdoor cuts yep. I saw yep. that she found the uh, players on her team just yep. really special player so you know we're Privileged to have Caitlin Clark coming back next year for Iowa. So I'm curious to see what she does. WNBA has a rule, not my opinion, the best rule, but you have to be 22 in the draft year in order to be a draft eligible. So we'll see more of her in the Iowa uniform next year.
0: And so we should more people, more eyeballs on her in the Iowa uniform. And she's also going to make more money in yep. the, in the Hawkeyes uniform. And and you know these college these big college programs as as we've talked about and you probably know out there in listener land, I mean they they, they have a whole culture around these schools and she's a clear example of there'll be more eyeballs on her at Iowa than there will be when she's playing for the Seattle Storm or the Phoenix Mercury right like that's just the reality of the situation but but she's so gripping and it was so cool to see so cool to see the progression of the women's game and how wonderful it was to watch the engagement it had with North America I was hyped on it JC we've been on this for a couple of weeks but it it lived up to the billing you gave me a stat I believe is the most watched women's game
1: in 21 years, Craig. which is wild, mm-hmm. wild to think. I mean, you over know, 10 million people watching the United States. That's before some of these players were born. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. crazy. Um, people really found something special to enjoy and watch in this. Um, as well, I just want to talk about another aspect of the game. LSU wins. They drop, I think, 102. It was like 102.85. Trippy digits. Yeah, man, which didn't happen in a lot of the other games we saw, so it was great. On the men's side. <laughs> Facts. They were raining threes, man. It was wild. Just driving kick basketball, explosive. They had depth. They had people coming from off the bench that were just dropping
0: buckets. Um, so, Morris on the outside with some clutch pull-ups.
1: Yeah, for sure. It was great. So it was cool to see this team, and this team, if you, if you don't know, um, is a lot of transfers. A lot of these these. There's a couple of homegrown talents for LSU, but then there's a lot of girls that have uh, kind of come from other schools. Uh, with Kim Mulkey mm-hmm. coming from Baylor to be here, so it was mm-hmm. cool to see this team come together and, and lift the trophy. But one of the things I wanted to focus on, some of the bad side of things, I guess, and within the media was there's a lot of talk about Angel Reese. If you didn't, if you don't know, there was a point she was caught on camera towards the end of the game when LSU had kind of clinched the game. And she was near uh, Caitlyn Clark, and she was kind of gesturing, doing this this motion like you can't see me. And then John, was, John Cena, you can't see me exactly. And then uh, the Tony Yayo, whatever. And then she was pointing to her her, her ring finger, like you know, like uh, typically when you win a championship, you get a ring. Mm-hmm. So she's pointing to her ring finger, and it's like you know, we won. Da 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 da. And she caught a lot of heat uh, mm-hmm. from a lot of different media outlets, a lot of different people.
0: Keith Oberman, Dave Portnoy at Barstool, big heads in the media world taking a swing at Angel Reese.
1: A lot of people speaking spicy and saying some things that sure. I really was not feeling. Um,
0: I you just... know who wasn't speaking spicy was Caitlin Clark. Yep, Caitlin Clark, who had done some of these similar actions in earlier rounds and games, had absolutely zero problem with Angel Reese in the throes of battle two young athletes Caitlin Clark did not have a have a problem at all Angel Reese player of the tournament MOP with a punto like that says it all and and Caitlin Clark sort of the star of the tournament had no issue with it totally realizing this is what happens when two juggernauts go together and obviously emotions are high and LSU won so well said yeah she was
1: on espn caitlin clark was and just saying you know it's just the heat of the game heat of the battle these are the things that happen who hasn't and been there who hasn't been there everybody talks shit jordan lebron curry clark mm-hmm. reese mm-hmm. so it was cool just to see caitlin acknowledge it and just kind of keep it moving but i just want to say to all those haters all those people the Olbermans the port the other mouthpieces out there you know what Angel Reese, this is who she is. She's having fun. She's a six three player from Charm City, Baltimore, Maryland. Twenty three and fifteen all year, every night, guaranteed. She's a walking double double. Set the record this year: thirty four oh. double du- uh, double doubles. Um, on the year NCAA record. Mm-hmm. She's elite too. Mm-hmm. She's the MLP, as you yep. said. She's yep. elite. She wants to flex and do that. I have no problem with it. I Nor think do I. America's got a problem with black women, and we need to confront it. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that don't want to see black women shine like that. I mean, we can go back to Don IMS years and years ago talking about the Rutgers uh, women's team and referring to them as a bunch of nappy-headed hoes and nappy-headed hoes and some rough-looking girls, which is completely out of line. And I bet somebody would not have said that about Iowa so yeah good point that being said i just want to say i had issues with it i think people need to respect put some respect on angel reese's name i think people need to show more respect for black women in general black women have raised america i'm just gonna let that hang in the air for a minute
0: let's just i was hitting my paper for emphasis. (laughs) emphasis
1: for sure let's just respect this like you know, people feeling way too comfortable saying some of this stuff about black women. I got problems with it, so I'm going to speak out about it. And I feel like if Angel Reese wants to do this, let her do it. It's the same as if LeBron or someone else. I remember Jordan jumping on the scores table and holding up six fingers when he hit that shot against Utah Jazz yep, yep. and celebrating. yep. So, what are we doing here? She wasn't really trying to show up, Caitlin. Um, maybe she was, whatever, Most of it, but let's just let it go and then bask in the moment. This is the best we've ever had it for women's basketball mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Let's stay with that. I'm excited to see what happens next year with women's basketball. I'm excited. The future's bright. We got some stars in the game. Let's focus on that.
0: Imagine if these two teams have a rematch next year in the final game or the final four. I love it. 20 million people will be watching this. Oh, my God. It'd be great. It'd be great. And
1: speaking of which, we were more enamored with the women's game than than the uh, UConn SDSU final. What are your thoughts on that game? Uh, UConn takes it. They were... Every game they won by 15 yeah. points or more. It was yeah. kind of a foregone conclusion. There, there, was a point saying, there was a point where San Diego State cut it down to, I believe, five or six late mm-hmm. in the second half, but then UConn just turned up the volume and got it done. What are your last impressions about this UConn team? Fifth championship since 1999. Are they a blue blood? I think they're a blue
0: blood. I think they're a blue blood. I think people in stores, Connecticut would say they're blue blood. Blue blood. I would probably agree. San Diego State just didn't they had the athletes but there was a sections of time where they just couldn't felt like there was a lid on the hoop they couldn't make a basket yeah as you said they cut it close in the second half Danny Hurley doing his thing pretty emotional in an interesting way and on the podium (laughs) after but that's cool yeah they had athletes I think Danny Hurley said there's two or three NBA players on that team it was his job to kind of move the chess pieces around those two or three players yeah, yeah. It wasn't as grabbing as the women's game. It was cool. There was no Khalid El Amin. There wasn't a grabbing player for me from where I was sitting on it. Yeah. But obviously a, a great team, seven, eight, almost nine deep NBA guys. Um, yeah, and they sort of just outlasted everybody, and they certainly deserve to win. They they shouldn't be shortchanged at all. And and Danny Hurley's done a great job. Bobby Hurley is is legendary father. Also in the stands with his brother Bobby, former Vancouver Grizz. So yeah, that was kind of cool. But yeah, didn't didn't wasn't as enthralling to me Jamal as the women's game at all.
1: Totally agree. Yeah, like you said, I was more into the fact of like the who's who of ex um, you know Connecticut alum that were like Ray Allen and mm. and Emeka Okafor, Kimber, Walk, Kimber Walker. Those guys were in the crowd. I was I was more interested in that than i am uh, than i was with the game you know like you said this kid hawkins 24 i think he he has potential he could be a nice wing in the john l that's john l oh no that's not different guy i think yeah Yeah. and then you got i like john l john l's great and then you got sunogo the guy inside Mm. it was just a force Mm. um i think he has some potential too but overall it was kind of meh this is kind of my, my lasting impression. I'm going to remember from this tournament my guy Noel. Yeah. I'm going to remember these buzzer beaters. The, the, I'm going to remember Furman mm-hmm. and uh, FDU taking out uh, yes. National Player of the Year. Yes. Uh, wooden Award winner our guy Zach like Eady. I'm going to remember those moments more and gravitate towards those. Yeah. Honestly, in five years, I don't know if I'm going to remember any of
0: these players on this UConn team that won. I hate to say it, but that's how I feel. Yeah. The game on San Diego State's uh, game winner on Saturday afternoon in the semi sort of had that buzzer beater finish that you love to see in the NCAA tournament that Monday night starting at 920 didn't have, Yikes. right? Didn't have that sort of dramatic finish, but I'd agree with you. Yeah. Noel on Kansas. State, the Paladins of Furman, Arizona losing. There's, a, again, a lot of storylines. It was a, g- a great tournament. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to talk about with you here on the pod. But, yeah, in, in the end, like the women's game kind of brought more eyeballs. Kind of a unique year and, and really great. I love to see the progression of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's a nice segue, speaking of the women's game. But we're going to take a break here in a moment, and we'll come back with our interview with our buddy, Natalie. So stay tuned for that.
0: the sports gloss the sports gloss has got their first guest we're ecstatic to have our friend the pride of kipling street and margie jenks elementary a fel- our favorite and fellow basketball teacher natalie tokos natalie thanks so much for joining us in little owl studios what a treat to have you here you always were a first guest i wasn't just saying that we're stoked you're here thanks so much you got a great story and uh, just really thrilled you carved out some time before your long weekend away to join Jamal and I here in the studio. How are you?
2: Wonderful. It is an honor. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm
0: now, so Natalie, we've, we've connected. Our kids go to the same school, some of which are all the same age. You're the lead on our Tuesday night basketball. You're coaching, also coaching... This Mr. James Douglas, I'm going to insert Warriors as the handle. I know that's not correct. You're coaching the basketball team. How's your experience been coaching the team? And your children aren't on the team. That's how selfless you are, Natalie. Talk to me about your coaching experience this year. One time you said to me at basketball on Tuesday night, you had 30 kids, absolute mayhem. You're swapping subs in and out, yeah. just herding cats. Give us a little taste of that experience.
2: <laughs> Um, you say selfless, but it's totally selfish. Okay. I, I love it. So for me, nice. I mean, I'm i happy they let me do it without my kids being in it, right? Like, it's kind of weird in a way. Like, who's this random person mm-hmm. wanting to coach <laughs> these kids? But um, it's selfish because, A, I love it. I love to see kids learn to love to, ba- to play basketball. Yes. And also, I'm grateful for the opportunity to learn how to not make a big fool of myself when my kids eventually do want to play mm-hmm. on the team. So...
0: Nice little dry run. Out. A little
2: dry run. That's how it, how it goes. Yeah. Dip my toes in the water. That's important
0: here on the sports class too, right, Jamal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Low stakes. <laughs> you know, a risk. <laughs> a reward. Yeah. Absolutely. nally has got a great story glossers out there. She's got a great story. You should see her jumper. It's, it's just poetry in motion. Pure as the day is long. <laughs> She's a walking bucket. Uh, she really is a walking bucket. The mid-range... You look up Jump Shot in the dictionary, <laughs> you see the tote goes jumper.
1: The mid-range game... You know, I want to ask you this. Mm. So for me, my player comp, NBA player comp for you is DeRozan. Because really? your mid-range game is stellar. I know when I pass you the ball inside of 15 feet, it's going in baseline, <laughs> elbow, whatever it is. Yeah. You give really great, firm picks. You love the pick and roll. For you, like, what is your comp if you had to pick some some players that are in the universal consciousness? Like, you can give us now, and you can give us as. then because we're going to talk about your college yeah. <laughs>
0: college exploits later so
2: yeah or who, like... or
0: who were some players when you were growing up that you liked watching or gravitated to both men's and women's
2: um I mean I loved Gary Payton Gary mm. Payton was my guy but sure. he wasn't a prolific shooter by any means he was all about the defense but um I mean God, I think Michael Jordan pretty basic but hey he was my guy good. of course right a dream mm-hmm. got the posters um I mean Cynthia Cooper original WBA nice, nice. Know, Houston favorite. Comets that's right yeah. uh, that's right yeah, yeah yeah and um like she was for sure my favorite I didn't love Cheryl Swoops as much um <laughs> totally not related to Lisa Leslie relatable to um Rebecca Lobo uh, yeah no she's not a really, big lady like yeah. she was the center right she, she was she was just about the size and and that, but it was, I mean, Don Staley, Don Staley, Don player Staley player. Yeah, yeah, we talked about Don Staley, yeah, shared airspace with, it was really cool, we played Temple back in the UR days. Yeah, let's get into that in yeah. a minute. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, I never really modeled myself against other, like against a famous yeah. or in the, on the TV players, but um I mean, it's like a journalism degree. The mid-range jump shot doesn't really have any current role models. Hey, really. <laughs> it's coming back, though. I think it's coming back. Is it coming back? I think it's coming yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, but that, for sure, mid-range it's my, it's my comfort zone.
1: I love it, you know? man. Uh, DeRozan, Booker, I mean, even CP3, there's so many players that still make their living there. Yeah. So Jordan, you were talking about. Yeah. Jordan, I mean. He with wasn't the whiz, a three-point with the shooter, was he? <laughs> Not really. I mean people always remember that Portland Trailblazers final where you had the what is it five or six threes and that was a big deal but that was such an anomaly back then like yeah. you didn't see threes like you see these crazy stats yeah. uh, now where you're just like oh like Larry Bird made this many threes in a year it's like that's like Steph Curry in a month Totally. Or
2: yeah. Yeah absolutely so with the mid-range game it was kind of like everyone's game Yeah. unless you're in the paint mostly.
0: I love throwing the ball to Natalie on the wing and just as soon as it leaves my hands I start yelling
2: shoot it <laughs> and I will every time yeah. <laughs> and
0: to your credit the green light is on hmm. you got the green light and it's pure you, and is again, like the best it's shooter at the run yeah. on yeah. Tuesday. absolutely yeah. absolutely it's pure Natalie you got a really interesting story you, let's have a little bit of a taste of that. Now, as I mentioned, you went to Margie Jenks just a couple kilometers from where we are now. Mm-hmm. You played high school basketball in Vancouver. Before we get into where that led, we were talking off mic about sort of your a little bit of a twisted tale when it comes to high school basketball, AAU. That's really interesting to me. So let's, can we kind of work through like progress through some of those years? Now you're playing high school basketball in Richmond.
2: Well, I actually played at Oak Bay to start. Oh, I mean, high school, basketball, the
0: local power, the
2: local powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Go Bays. Um,
2: Go Bays. Um, I mean, back then high school was grade eight to grade 12. Right. And so I played in grade eight, nine for the grade nine, 10 team. Yes. Oak Bay. I didn't play in grade 10. Um, But I I did play on the under, whatever they were, like U13s, U14s, Mm -hmm. um, island teams. So I'd always do that. Um, But, I mean, I I think it was, like like now, I mean, it's different, I think. High school programs have more intensity to them. There's more focus on the actual sport and progressing players. But back when, you know, 20 years ago when I Mm was I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it's roughly twenty. It roughly, <laughs> there was it was much more uh, there was much more emphasis on what you do outside of school, like the summer leagues and the summer teams and right. the, the island rep teams, U thirteen, U fourteen, U fifteen, etc. Totally cetera. and then like yep. the B C team, et Copy. cetera. So uh,
1: Did you specialize? Did you always play basketball or did it become evident through your athletic career as a youth that you're like, Oh, you know what? I really love this. This is something yeah. I'm excelling at, so I wanna really spend my time year-round, I'm dropping my I'm, game. Yeah,
0: I'm dropping softball. I'm
1: dropping...
2: Yeah. Uh, well, let's go back to Margaret Jenkins. Mm. I, I played volleyball. I played basketball. I love- you know, I tried a little soccer when I was young. But, I mean, I remember in grade three, the first time I ever made a shot from the free throw line. I remember that shot. I made <sighs> nice, it. Nice. And I thought, oh, my God. I just made a shot from the free throw line. <laughs> this is insane. Like I remember that feeling. I remember the court. I've gone back to it when I moved back to Victoria, and I stood there, and like the chills just went through my body because that was a spot when I knew, like, I fell hard in love, and oh, it just that first
0: swish just, just caught you.
2: It, yeah, that's beautiful. That mm-hmm. feeling of, oof. So I mean, I think still from the that best, still on, one of the best feelings, even on Tuesday night. Absolutely. I mean, I took a little break. I tried to get away, but it is. It's in there, it's an addiction, I think, and I need to feed it.
0: So, why did you leave Oak Bay in grade 10? What was yeah. sort of the genesis of leaving Oak Bay and going to the mainland?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's um, I don't think I wanted to personally. Okay. Like, there
0: was some, some, it was a family choice or like a basketball choice or a schooling choice.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a hybrid one. I, my mom got a job, so my mom was the breadwinner, my family, my dad didn't work but he you know quote unquote was a day trader before day trading was a thing mm-hmm. um smart guy but really had some trouble coming to canada um with the language and just integrating into uh, the social fabric and the working force so um my mom got the job in vancouver and you know i was going into grade 11 my sister a year older me was going to grade 12 and the option was natalie you're going to grade 11 you're younger you're coming with us to vancouver my sister, Genevieve, you can stay because it's your last year. So she lived in Victoria with a family friend for her senior year. And wow. I went to Richmond of BC, Richmond, BC, yeah. Lower <laughs> Mainland, um, my last two years of high school. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a work decision for my mom, but it was also we shopped around for which high schools to go to. Yeah. So we were looking at Argyle at one sure, point. And sure. We ended up in McRoberts because it was apparently a really good school and also it had a decent basketball program. Um, so my parents, we always rented. So they just rented in the school catchment they thought was the best basketball and academic program and ended mm. up at McRoberts.
0: Really? And so your yeah. sister was still here finishing yeah. and you and your mom and dad were in McRoberts in Richmond. That's right. Yeah. Crazy. Totally crazy. And so you go over there and you play grade 10 basketball? Play grade 11. You, okay.
2: And so I go in, and we're ranked number three because I'm coming in. I don't know what that's all about. You coming
0: in with a little juice? Is a little like, juice. Hey, we got this yeah, new this th- new person's come in from out of town. I, loving out of I, town. Yeah, they can shoot.
2: I don't know. Like maybe I'm my ego's inflated, but I, I feel like when I came in, their our our provincial rating shot up. Like mm. I had a name for myself a little, even though I didn't play in the high school scene in grade ten. I had that, um, you know, under. Whatever the age was at that time, U16. Yeah. Uh, um, summer tournaments, sort of tournaments. cash. Yeah. Um, so I came in with that and uh, yeah, I played grade 11 at McRoberts.
0: Okay, so uh, there's a bit of a pause there. So what yeah. happens in grade 12?
2: I don't play. Oh. You don't play? I don't play, but this is like, th- there's a lot of backstory there. So, sure. I mean, by the time I was going, so between my grade 10 and grade 11 year, I think, now I can't remember if I'd already been in the Bay Area for AAU team hmm. so my dad my biggest fan my huge encouraging dad you know lots of pros and cons there mm-hmm. with his passion relatable um, relatable <laughs> um, here's the story he takes me down Steve Nash was a thing right? when he was you know representing he's Canadian he's in the NBA he's doing so well he went to Santa Clara so my dad is that the where you got the basketball? That's at yeah. like the gym every Tuesday. Yeah, team yeah, team? yeah, totally. Heck so yeah! My dad's like, "Wow, well, I'm going to send you to a basketball camp in America." <laughs> we go to <laughs> Santa Clara, signs me up the you know university basketball camp mm-hmm. one week in the summer. Um, we go there. You have to stay in the dorms. Love it. So cool. You know? Love it college
0: know, experience
2: college experience mm-hmm. but I'm young like I'm I think I'm in grade 10 I don't know grade 9 even um, he meets a guy there so he's camping at a campground like an that hour is. out of Santa Clara yeah because <sighs> we can't afford it this you know is great and uh, like we drive down to camps there he's taking a like a, sh- a cold shower I don't know his whole thing is crazy but he sits there watch the whole, ter- whole camp he ends up talking to a guy and the guy ends up being a coach for an AAU team and his daughter or one of his players is at the camp my dad chats him up and says, "Hey, like, with, can my daughter play on your team?" And he's <laughs> like, uh, "Sure." <laughs> so, we. This was the following summer. My dad pre pre email and internet. I guess somehow corresponded with the guy. And um the guy's like, Yeah, come on down, we'll see if you can do it and
0: This AAU team is based in,
2: in Santa Rosa. So okay. just yep. an hour ish north of San Francisco. I
0: love the visual of your dad camping <laughs> yeah. in the campsite <laughs> an hour away, cold yeah. showers, scrambled eggs, yeah. shoot over the gym to catch that first game at ten AM. And I remember
2: tournament. he'd come in and he'd have this like this you know, like this fresh smell with a camping fresh smell. Yeah. yeah. Little smoky in, a little smoky, that's it. But yeah. with like the, the Irish Spring face wash. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, love it. Um, anyway, I remember that but yeah, he talked to this guy and he got me connected. He drove me down. I remember from Victoria, we drove to Sebastopol. So this is where oh, yeah. like, the family, know you know it, yeah. Yeah. Um and I remember just kind of being a little like not going to ask too many questions. This sounds like an amazing thing. I'm going to play in a, in the USA maybe. Mm-hmm. So I meet this family and and then the next day my dad just leaves (laughs) and so here i am like two months i'm gonna live in this family's home for two months and play on this aau summer team and just kind of be like a you know like a billeted international student if you will but in, in, in basketball terms and i did that had a great experience Family was nice. Billet situation was okay. So nice, like cool. Such a cool, like can you imagine now having kids, like just giving your girl to your child to total yeah. strangers and to
0: Lucy in two months. Yeah,
2: especially because my dad was so protective and, um, yeah. Following year, played in the same AAU team. We went to a whole bunch of tournaments around the like California area, mostly mid and southern, and then. Um, uh, gosh, how do we get to how do we so get to sorry, this? you play on
0: this AAU team out of uh, Santa Rosa or whatever the other name is yeah, yeah. Thank kind you North Bay. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, so that's two summers you do that. Mm-hmm. I see same family you chill with for the two Se- summers.
2: second family, I'm like bouncing around to the different families and it's kind of like Incredible. everyone's families uh you know, they're so excited to host this Canadian kid. <laughs> God, the qu- the Do question. you know Steve Nash? Sure. No, it's true. Do you live in an igloo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't live in an igloo. Yeah. Um, oh, some of the weird questions, but it was fun. Like what I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I felt like a show pony. You know, sure, sure. like all this attention for just my average life was something exciting for them. Um, and then you know, I'm living my dream, playing these American schools and and watching this AU scene unfold and you're playing
0: every weekend you're going to some tournament every weekend for those july and august of those months like exactly you're you're playing a lot
2: Uh, playing a lot and i mean uh, basically still practicing every day Mm -hmm. and playing every day so it's eat sleep breathe basketball and that's what i wanted right i loved it so heck yeah living the dream um and then yeah how are we uh how how do we get here
0: (laughs) no so then you're doing that in the summers yeah and you were still at Mick Roberts, is the name of the high school in Richmond? Yeah. And so grade 12 unfurls how? That's Question mark.
2: Right. Yeah, grade 12. So I sign a letter of intent with the University of Richmond in my grade 12. Whoa. whoa. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Off of Somebody, the AAU, they see the Richmond Spiders uh, see you in an AA tournament in San Diego and they say, oh, we like that mid-range jumper and that's how that happens?
2: maybe but no um okay. so, so i play in those AAU teams i continue to play for basketball bc like uh-huh. the under whatever 18 16 17 rep teams um i end up getting invited to the nike all canadian camp yes out in ontario where we like kind of like the BioSteel game but instead uh-huh. of one game it's you know a handful of games and you play in front of a whole bunch of scouts um yeah. i get that invitation from you know, like three Canadi- three BC kids go when I get that invitation, whether it's because I'm playing on the Basketball BC or because they know I've played down there. I don't know. But at Nike Canadian Canadian Camp, um, mm-hmm. that's where I get scouts and that's where I start getting uh, letters and phone calls. And, and who's talking to you at that point? University of Richmond and North Dakota State University. D2, go Bisons! But <laughs> I didn't care, right? It was something. Green and gold. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Um, and... Uh, yeah. So I, I got that, uh, those communications and that was, I gotta say, so when is the year that you're allowed to do official visits in the States? Is it grade 11? Like your junior year? I
0: feel like it is. Yeah. I feel like it's junior year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There used to be a couple of sections of time where you could go do that in your junior year, I Yeah, think, as well as your senior, but in your junior, I think there was two at the time.
2: Right. So it must've been during my junior year. So I'm playing basketball McRoberts in my junior year, mm-hmm. doing really well. And then you know, I, I'm getting these letters because it must have been the the year before grade 11, this grade 10 to 11 summer. I did the Nike Elk Camp and all that. And then, you know, I get these letters like, you should be interested. And um, my dad is like, you know, we can't go on an official visit. And this is the University of Richmond says, we want to take you, but we can't. You're too, you're not, you know, you're too young. Um, so my dad's like, let's just go. <laughs> and so I'm like, uh, how are we going to do that? He's like, well, we can get a Greyhound bus ticket, right? Oof. Wow. So at the time Epic journey. It's it I'll tell you about that. Um, there is a fair seat saver where you buy one ticket, and you get two tickets for the price of one. So we But we're
0: one. busing from Vancouver to the other side of the continent. Yeah, 72. This is insane. <laughs>
2: Seventy two hours. Please continue. Yeah. Seventy two hours non nonstop, but like we stop at bus stations, but there's no hotel breaks, no like sleeping in a bed. Holy. Seventy two hours one way. We get to Richmond, Virginia you know these people are like who is, what do we what do we do We're like who are who's this kid and
0: who, like, Your dad smells like a campfire yeah
2: I, no we smell worse after being on bus for that by the way I,
1: the, I know i'm pretty sure i know the greyhound station that you got out uh like next to the uh, the baseball uh, stadium and yeah. it's
2: it's it's a bit sketchy it is it's it's sketchy it was one of the nicer so. ones <laughs> <laughs> to be totally honest. That's wild. <laughs> that Midwest.
0: But the Greyhound track in the United City. States is so different too than Canada. Like I remember being on a Greyhound in Texas once and the pe- I, re- I still remember the people on the bus talking and listening to them speak behind me and ahead of me and it's a whole... There's a whole, I mean, a highway, obviously, but there's a whole connection there of how people travel on Greyhound buses in the U.S., which yeah. the one time I did, it totally blew my mind, As I'm sure it did for you for 72
2: freaking hours. Yeah. Holy. Wow. There's some characters. You really see. Oh, You yeah. see America. You, you see that right. side of America and it's.
0: Yeah. I the think poor side of America. Oh,
2: I don't know. The real. Yeah. The, like, you see the grit. The real grit. Yeah. The people that can't. That like, was my the, experience, too. Yeah. Like, but I wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: So you and your dad bus across. Yep.
2: Yeah. Bus across, we get there, uh, you know, check it out. Yeah. Uh, nothing really, what's the word, um, formal. Uh, meet the team, play Play some game, you know, Some. Mm-hmm. Um, get in there, feel good. Um, They're yeah. happy to have you, ha- you and your dad show Happy to show have up? you, yeah. I think nice. more, it's also like like this is a great story. Like yeah. who is this kid? Let's bring yeah. her back even if we don't. You know, sure. So I think that that helped my case. I, think, I mean, like, this is how bad I want it, you know, like are sure getting though. on a bus and doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, Robinson. center. Yeah. That's how did it? it
1: feel walking into the Robinson center for the first time? Uh,
2: weird. I'm telling you, it was cool. Like it was amazing. Um, but at the time, like I'd been to some other schools, right? Like I'd yeah. been to Santa Clara, I'd been to uh, UC San Diego. Um,
0: did you take a visit to North Dakota?
2: I did yeah but that was the official visit so once once whatever that time frame was ended I got my official visit so I did UN University of North Dakota Dakota State University yeah that was my first official visit I was I knew Richmond was official visit they were going to send me so I was a little less excited you know D2 but it was actually really fun the the team was really nice The, the coaching staff were amazing it was the first time I could like you know experience that um the, it was a foreign space to me too because it was the mid it was winter and there was there was like snow everywhere and there's tunnels between buildings and i'd never seen that bc native right like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's all this white stuff and why are they you know why is there so much sunshine in december <laughs> or like november yeah, whatever month yeah. it was <laughs>
1: tell me about it
2: yeah right oh you're feeling <laughs> that huh uh anyways and then yeah i did the official visit to richmond um before my grade 12 year okay and um you know it goes well um they sign me and then grade 12 comes along my my dad was like you don't need to play you don't want to hurt yourself and I'm like what
0: (laughs) save your knees dad says save your knees yeah
2: yeah yeah something like that and we I remember telling the U.R. staff that and they're kind of like oh that's why what's going on there and
1: yeah Zion Williamson's dad says the same thing to him every day now
2: (laughs) does he (laughs) What is he waiting for? Like,
0: <laughs> do you think that was that your dad just didn't want you to gamble this amazing opportunity that you had, and like, don't we've Maybe. now solidified this? We don't need to do grade twelve basketball in BC.
2: Maybe I think he had this idea that um, it wasn't going to make me better. Hmm. Um, and I th- interesting I think, idea. I think I agree with him yeah. in that respect, where the level of the high school basketball for women at that time yeah. wasn't really great yeah it wasn't really something to write home about so what I did instead of like I literally drove to UBC every day and just played pickup with the like got university guys that nice. were playing pickup that you know weren't varsity but just getting used to physicality and I mean I was a gym rat for that year I'd find any pickup game any community center any hmm. like any open gym and just play so yeah so I didn't play grade 12 but Wow. There I was.
1: You know, there's, I have a lot of respect for that because I always had a conversation with my dad about he felt like you needed a hybrid of having a formal game, having the organized game, as mm-hmm. he called it, and then having the street game. Yeah. So there was like this concept that he always would relate to me is like, sure, you can go and play and have refs call fouls and have all this structure and run yeah. plays and stuff, but you also need to know how to get a bucket yeah. in a situation when no one's calling fouls, where yeah. people are cheating, people are talking shit, yeah. whatever it is, like people are being physical, all of those things, those adverse, uh, adverse conditions, you have to be able to deal with those and translate that onto the big stage. So I, I, I love that you yeah. cultivated your game working through that uh, that kind of a situation.
2: Yeah. And I think that shaped for sure, shaped my game a lot because here I am, like I, I was not a strong... Muscular (laughs) physique, you know, like, um, and I think because I was playing against men always and they were so much stronger than I was, that's where my midway range game really started getting stronger and stronger because I'm not taking it to the basket because I can't take those hits like physically, Mm -hmm. I can't push my way through, they're gonna swat the ball out of the way, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I got no chance in there so. I got to perfect as soon as I get a ball in my hands and I'm in the mid-range, it's going in. That's the only way I keep playing in these games. Otherwise, I'm not getting picked up for the next run. So um, that's where I think all of it came to be. And I just learned how to be a gym, like a gym player, like a pickup player, basically. Um, and I think that probably hurt my game when I got to University of Richmond because I was like, "How do you play in a system? Sure. I don't know how to do this. I don't." <laughs> a, to a year without structure, r- structure. Would, would be the the yeah. con of that, right? Like, and, and we're talking two years, right? Yeah, yeah. 10 too, how right?
0: did you feel when like the BC high school championships were happening, and maybe some kids that you know are are yeah. taking that ride as I did at the time? Like, how did that feel to you? Did you feel like you were missing out on something, or were you like, "Hey, my dad, I made this decision." I'm cracking cats at the UBC run and my oh, jumper yeah. suite, and I, I think this is still the right trajectory. or what were you thinking at that time as a as a seventeen year old, eighteen year old?
2: Oh, yeah, I think I was mostly feeling like, thank you, teenage hormones. Sure, I was so sad about it all. and I like I felt so, I mean, embarrassed was almost. is is almost the right word, but I remember telling my teammates that I'm not playing. And they're like, what? Why? Like, what is, like, what's happening? It was tough. It was, and it's, it was weird, right? Like, um, thank goodness. They were good people. Like my McRoberts friends and teammates there, they were, they were good people. Um, and I think they accepted it. And I think they understood that my dad was a bit bonkers and, Mm. you know, I'm living in a house where I'm under someone else's reign. I can't, I can only do what I can do. I remember there was a few things that got broken that day when my dad was like, you're not playing anymore. (laughs) And grade 12, I think a lot of that anger was there, but, um, like, like helpless. What can I do? Like, I'm, yeah. Um, Mm. it's
0: an interesting uh, path. Hey Jamal, it's an interesting trajectory, not playing grade 10, not playing grade 12. doesn't matter where you live. That's, it's kind of is rare fried air
1: it's a non-traditional path like it's it's interesting i think about this within the context of the modern day situation where you'll see guys that um due to the nba rules will kind of skip or like sit or go g-league yeah. or do like do yeah. different things it's a, it's a different path but that's the parallel that i'm drawing in my mind now but mm-hmm. it's a different path for sure but it's also a testament to your um resiliency perseverance and your ability to to make something still happen and also and get there and and like you said like that that is a great point like the fact that you weren't playing organized ball and i didn't play at the college level like the two of you but i imagine that like when you get to that level there's like so much systematic stuff that's just built into the the day-to-day and like there's like I imagine like some of the teammates at University of Richmond probably had like pedigrees and like there's all this stuff well I played on this AAU team I did this and this and like where'd you yeah. play last year well yeah I was just kind of scrapping looking for games like yeah. working on like my catch and shoot necessity is the mother of invention yeah. just trying to adapt my game yeah. to you know to be uh, someone that's going to contribute at that level so totally. it's really cool just to, to hear this story unique um,
0: journey I yeah, like
1: it. to the to the listeners as well. Like this is all cold for us. Like, this is the first time that we've heard this story, <laughs> yeah, so I'm we're loving just this. processing, I'm loving it and taking it in. Yeah, I haven't
2: said this story in like a long time, guys. I'm dusting off a lot of cobwebs. <laughs>
0: this is great, this is great. Let's let's fast forward to you arriving at Richmond for your first year. So we've solidified. You've got the scholarship there. We. When we go to start our freshman year, we're not taking the Greyhound, are we? We're flying?
2: Well, they flew me. (laughs) Hello. Yeah, still no money in the parents' bucket. I
0: was going to say, they
1: better have damn well flown because (laughs) I know what the endowment of that school is. Let me tell you.
2: Oh my God. Oh, and you talk about culture shock. That just that school itself was.
0: That's um, where I was going to go. Yeah. So you arrive for to get settled for your first year. You're living in Res your first year.
2: Yeah, and so what's nice is that um, for the for the athletes they bring them in usually a couple weeks earlier. Uh-huh. Um, and I was an international student because <laughs> Canada is international to the states. Um, so I came in an additional week earlier. So um, uh, I got to get integrated with all these international students that are not american and meet all these neat people. And then a week later, then I'm, I'm in with my team and we have the preseason season pre-school starting. Um, so I, I get the introduction to my teammates and the culture shock isn't as big yet yep. because I've been around basketball, like basketball players, basketball, you know. That
0: part's familiar. That
2: part's familiar and I'm loving it because it is the dream. It's what I've is seen in ever? the magazines. And is, it the, it yeah, just just is it
1: ever? Just immersed in people that have the same passion totally. and same desire yeah. and goals as you. 100%. 100%. And, and
2: You're up at 5 a.m. to get to the 5.30 track run and Mm -hmm. pumping, you know, lifting weights and you're doing it as a team and it's hard, but you're in it together and it's just, it's beautiful. You love it, right? You just, heck yeah, you keep going. Um, But then school starts and all that. And like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the wealth that I've never been exposed to. Mm. Um, And the, like... We've talked about that, sorry (laughs) to cut
0: you off. We've talked about that, about the University of Richmond or Jamal's talked about that on the pod before some of the... uh the wealth, the cash.
2: For sure. I remember in your comment of one of the last podcasts about all the different license plates that you are versus VCU. You're saying it's more local and it's true. Not only different license plates, but the values of those cars was more than anything my parents ever made in like five years, right? Mm. So yeah, that was a big culture shock, but I got used to it, I guess. Yeah. Mm, Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: curious too, like um, when you then this might be later on in your in your college career but something i've always been curious about justin can speak to this too as well if if you feel like it there is this place where i feel like if you're playing at a university college level maybe it becomes more of a job or it loses did it lose some of the fun aspect for you because i've had some friends that competed at a collegiate level in their respective sports and when I talk to them, they say, you know what? I used to do this for fun. And it was like, I excelled at it. But now it's like, man, my scholarship's attached to this. I'm grinding. I'm traveling on weekends. I'm not living the same experience as a lot of my classmates. I'm, I'm tired. I'm doing all this stuff. I got to do the books on top. It feels like a job. Yeah. Did you ever experience that?
2: I did. I think, um, you know, that first year, all the excitement was always there. Mm. I, I I think that was my favorite year from basketball perspective. There was still the hope that I would play more, you know, and yeah. I didn't play much at all as a freshman. And, um, you mm. know, it was literally if I think I counted at one point and I remember the, the number of 30 hours per week of basketball related stuff. Oof. And then there was classes on top of that. Yeah. So it was a job. It was a full time job while kind of dealing with school and whatever basket weaving courses you're taking mm-hmm. I wasn't taking basket weaving. Er, no, early engineering like. <laughs> we
0: call it
1: early <laughs> no, engineering
2: I didn't, no. I didn't do engineering yeah I, I <laughs> have friends <laughs> that are,
1: <laughs> I have friends that are, <laughs> I have friends that are <laughs> U of R alum and you were not taking basket weaving there no, for no. sure for sure yeah. so it's yeah, an academic respect. place oh yeah yeah definitely mm-hmm. academic I know um undergrad for sure that's a programs leadership program comes to mind but then as yeah. well even in the grad school like there's there's uh, richmond law there's like mm-hmm. people coming from all over the globe to go yeah. to law school there there's other things as well and it's a reputable school you know so for yeah. sure it's it's not just uh it's not arizona state james harden <laughs> shout out to arizona state journalism school which is one of the best in the country by the way but you know richmond's not a party school yeah you definitely grinding Bobby shout out to Bobby (laughs) Hurley. yeah yeah for sure I I mean people did party there for sure and and if you want to you can elaborate on like just like the there is one thing I'll say on a slight tangent one thing that always kind of distinguished my uh, school uh, Virginia Commonwealth University VCU from University of Richmond Crosstown Rivals State School Private School how close how close are they Oh, top of my head, uh I'll translate for you in kilometers is probably like, yeah, I don't know, 10 K
2: Ten Ks away,
0: the two schools? Something like that. Maybe you guys crossed paths in a previous life. I, bet I saw you
2: on Monument Ave.
0: Probably. Hey, I lived on <laughs> like Monument that, Ave. Though. I like that Yeah, though. it's very
1: possible. But um all that to say is VCU, I think we had a handful of uh, you know, Greek life, like uh fraternities and sororities and, and I would kind of at an arm's length go participate in some of that, but it's not like when I would go and hang out with my friends at U of R, which was, it seemed like it was a little bit more entrenched in the culture there. And like you said, you had kids coming from out of state. Yeah. And I think that that was kind of like an escape getting away from home. You know, maybe, maybe you uh, pledge a frat or a sorority and like you kind of party a bit. And like, and also the school's kind of, if you don't know, it's kind of in this like little, like nestled away in this really, seemingly almost like bucolic, like rural little enclave within the city. It's it's actually really beautiful and mm. and it's interesting because it's just different from the feel when you get out into the community. So it's it's an interesting, it's a, just a really interesting vibe. Like I'm not elaborating and painting the best picture, but um, yeah. How many people go to Richmond? How many undergrads?
2: Oh, you know, it's... guesstimate.
0: Uh, Isn't is... it teens of say,
2: thousands? I want to say 3,000 it seems oh, really? really low I bet it's not 3000 it's probably way under I'm gonna look you should look it up I just looked up the space or the distance between VCU and UR and it's 6.2 miles 10k are you serious? Yeah. 10k it's nothing 10K. that's right look at that look <laughs> at that off the top of my head and Richmond was a bubble I I went there with you know not coming from any money. I never had a car. I didn't have a car when I was on campus. Um, it was a rarity to leave campus unless I was on a basketball yeah. kind of trip. For sure. Um, it was only until my junior and senior years that I really explored outside of the bubble. Mm-hmm. Everything was there. Like I didn't even realize there was literally a golf course just south <laughs> sure. of it and Country the, Club of Virginia. Yeah, is that it? <laughs> and a river. Like I didn't I didn't know any of that stuff uh, until I started running around the area, but. Um, Yeah, you could live there and never leave. 4181.
0: You're right. That's
1: wild cuz right. I always thought it, it was like a 13,000 or yeah, I something. I would have taken like the over 2 just from my
0: perspective. That's I crazy. It was... So just for uh, And that's
2: con- current. Maybe it was even less back when I went, right?
0: That's nothing. That's, that's true. That's high school, right? That's McRoberts population right now. And exactly. just
1: for context, here you can see 2015 Virginia Commonwealth University 31,242 oh. students. That's a Holy. lot. That's like so, a UBC, yeah. Yeah, just total, you know, polar opposites as far as the population.
2: Yeah. And I remember in the summer, sometimes we'd play at the VCU gym, um, like pickup games against whomever, mm-hmm. the guys and the girls. And um, I remember going, and it felt so comfortable. I, I was, I w- it was, I was way more comfortable in that space. It, you know, people were doing random things, and you don't, you don't recognize anybody um, in Richmond. You know every face on that campus, like you've seen everybody at least once. Four
0: thousand kids. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah.
2: I bet it was less back in two thousand and one to two thousand and five, but. Yeah, so it's crazy. It just felt like, okay, great. I'm in just a space and yeah, that's nice. I'd like to be see you.
0: No, that's cool. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the Gloss's favorite team, the Rams. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, talk
0: to me a little bit about walking into some of those gyms slash arenas your first year as a wide-eyed freshman coming from Richmond slash Victoria slash Margie Jenks slash Kipling. Yeah. Talk to me about walking into some of those arenas and and some of those stages kind of hitting you. Bright lights, yeah. Friday night lights, Saturday night lights. What are any sort of memories jog to mind and, and sort of vibes that you caught as you were... Yeah. How many games did you play or how many games did the team play your freshman year? Got to be 26, 23, something like that?
2: Maybe. I'm I'm terrible with numbers. Sure, I remember tons of road trips. Um, we had a sleeper bus at one point where... You know, if we weren't flying, so we would often fly to games. We were in the Atlantic 10 conference, so we'd have games as far north as Rhode Island. Um, and uh, so we would fly to those ones. And uh, the, the games that we'd hit, like Philadelphia and then around that region, we'd play multiple teams in, in the, on the trips. Uh, we would have these St. Opens. Bonnie's, maybe? St. Bonnie's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, Drexel? Gosh. Yeah. <sighs> Possibly
1: Drexel, yeah. I don't remember Drexel. St. Joe's?
2: maybe those are all
1: philly oh, philly, philly training
2: i remember playing temple i don't think Pen- yeah, temple okay. was in our league it must have been a tournament or something yeah um but i remember playing temple and um uh yeah i remember the sleeper bus that was neat but the uh the the the, the stadium that i remember most yes. and i have a photo of this i remember i needed someone to take a photo we went to north carolina university of north carolina chapel hill yeah and the dean dome the dean dome yeah well, the Tar Heels, CNN, just in the center court there, I laid down in the center court. You know, like the model shot. <laughs> I was like, take my picture. This is what I'm keeping forever. <laughs> I have it somewhere. Um, awesome. That was that was a feeling of like, wow. Like Michael Jordan was in this building so cool. for however many years so he went cool. there, and I that that was just ugh. I remember thinking, I wish I had dried my hair for this photo. <laughs> off, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> that, was, that was my starstruck moment my first year, seeing that. That felt just like I felt surreal.
1: Oh, yeah. that's basketball heaven. That's so cool. I had a cousin, uh, shout out Kareem, you're listening, um, back in RVA. But he did a summer camp. Mm-hmm. Dean, Dean Smith summer camp in UNC. And he was just always, uh, you know, revering that experience and loved it. So that resonates with me that you went down there. Chapel yeah. Hill isn't that far, really. It's like, I don't know, four or five hours drive from, from Richmond. Not even five, probably three, four. Yeah. Um, but it's somewhere I haven't been, but it's somewhere I want to go. So that's cool that you've yeah. gone
2: there. I did spend two summers at Duke um, in between my junior and senior year. So a coach that did come in, in my sophomore year, she formally coached at Duke, or assistant coach at Duke, and she had tons of connections there, and at the time, she knew that um, I was interested in some, some you know, ugh, I sound like an idiot, but I was, I was pre-med. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, No big deal? No big deal. And so she hooked me up, and I, I lived in Raleigh, um, and I went to Duke campus every day to the hospital there, and I, I, I shadowed with a neurosurgeon. and. Um, and then I would play with the a couple of the Duke girls and play in that facility. And I remember Mike Krzyzewski, whatever, walking by one day. Oh, like, wow. Is that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like an entourage just walking around <laughs> with him. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to keep playing pick up pick with uh, Vicky Crapel is her name. And I stayed with her a lot and played with her a lot that summer. But
0: You did then, two summers on the Duke campus. Yeah,
2: yeah. And uh, using their weight room and everything. And that was also a starstruck moment, you know, at the beginning. And then it became, you know, pretty Pretty normal, but it's uh, yeah, just
1: Krasuski over there. Yeah, matter. yeah. was well, the just ca- one
2: that I saw him, but he's still the
0: like, Cameron crazies.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is
1: this is epic. Like, there's some really cool
2: spaces that you uh, yeah. you, have it you it You
0: did a little med school Ooh, wow. shadowing.
2: I did a little med school shadowing, and then I got a D in cell and molecular biology. So oh. I just finished with the finance degree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're a basketball player. You know how to pivot, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: exactly. That's it. You know, you what do you adapt and uh, no. Uh, Survive in advance. advance. There it is. Adapt in in advance. That's my motto.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you look back on your time now, 20 years removed, uh, professional, obviously we've we've come to know how bright you are, a coaching, (laughs) wonderful family. When you think about that time now, 20 years removed, and you said to us earlier that you had to kind of dust off the old memories. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, does it seem like, kind of like a wonderful part of your life or, or was there, I mean, pros and cons to everything, some negative, negatives and positives. But when you look back now, 20 years later, does it feel like what a cool experience? What a cool ride.
2: Oh, totally. I, I completely blessed to have had that experience. And it's, it was, I mean, I willed a lot of that, but a lot of that was luck. You know, like mm-hmm. I told you guys, I only had two schools. One was a D two school. And this other one was you, you are, um, that wanted me for basketball. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I was always aware of how lucky and fortunate I was to go. And, um, my basketball career wasn't great. Like I didn't get to play much at all. I was at best, a bench warmer Mm -hmm. (laughs) at best, you know, at worst I was a bench warmer, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I, you know, my last two years there, I didn't actually play. I kept my scholarship. I know I was, I, I, hung around the team. I had to do some stuff for the team, but I didn't actually travel with them. And, you know, my whole identity up to that point was as a basketball player and mm-hmm. it took a lot of, it took a lot of my heart out of my chest and a lot of learning about myself and, you know, that space. Did
0: you take some space from basketball after that? Oh, cause, yeah. cause I'll just speak to my experience. I know in, in my last year we had a new coach, coach came in, I got recruit. I was the previous coaches, Yeah. like like prodigal son I did I had total autonomy and a green light and the new guy came in and him and I weren't that connected yeah and uh I stepped away and I and when I stepped away I took a big break from basketball I didn't love the game anymore yeah I was still tight with my friends who I still am but I had to take a big step back like and it it hurt my heart and and I it it took a long time to sort of redevelop the passion or sort of scratch off the rust on my basketball passion because my last year and and maybe sort of in the similar sense wasn't didn't go the way that I expected it to or wanted it to and it it broke my
2: heart yeah and we're and we're so young in that stage and like you know it 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 would have been a big part of you yeah and to have that taken as you said it's
0: already cut you off like your total identity Mm -hmm. and in the moment it shifted and you're now you're just like a student trying to Fucking figure it out
2: yeah well life comes down hard you're suddenly kind of aware of how yeah. what the real world is right sure. <laughs> it's not just about your basketball dream it's
0: this it's, little privilege podium that you had or that you thought you had yeah. is removed really quickly
2: yeah so it's sobering right isn't it and it's instantaneous it was for me uh, to answer your question yeah it took me like 10 years to get into basketball again I, I just mm. I kind of shut it out completely I I wasn't. Um, I followed nothing. Mm-hmm. There was a vacuum of my knowledge of any basketball-related, mm-hmm. sports-related anything. I got into rock climbing and surfing instead. Sure. You know, <laughs> all the alternative things. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it was. I was grieving. Definitely grieving that uh, basketball pain. I get to that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But you know, when one door closes, another door opens. Mm-hmm. Maybe.
1: No, for <laughs> sure. I, I I totally appreciate that. I never was at the level of you two, um, athletically, but I, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I know when I stopped playing tennis, that was a similar thing for me. It took years off and I had that kind of vacuum that that you alluded to as well. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just totally immersed in it and and I have that passion. I needed some time to kind of move past it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that resonates as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something a lot of people that put a lot of their heart and soul into one thing, sports or not when that's when that shatters or it stops it makes you realize you're, you you there's got to be something else right like you're not you can't just put all your eggs in one basket and mm-hmm. it's it's a hard reality
0: also when it's taken away or yeah, sort of forced that's worse <laughs> it's a bit strong but it's sort of forced out of your hands and you don't have that ability anymore yeah that's tough yeah that's I,
1: tough i was gonna say as well an athlete's career is fragile and short too mm-hmm. if you look at it over the span of a lifetime in know in, in a sense right because yeah. you think about look at some of these players like we're uh just to step out of this uh for a moment and just look at it and uh i don't know bird's eye view like we're all just revealing like oh my god lebron's 30 whatever 38 39 and he's still playing he's been playing for whatever 19 20 years yeah And he'll be done, you know, in a couple of years, maybe, maybe not, maybe we'll play until he's fucking 60, but he'll be, he'll be done and he'll still be a middle-aged human, you know, he'll be in his forties and we'll have to step into that next phase. I'm just picking LeBron because it's just front of mind, but so many athletes, uh, their careers end in, in university or what have you, um. For one reason or another, injuries, falling out of love with the game, different things, and it's so interesting just to think about that and like how you said that was a key, essential part of like your identity and who you mm-hmm. were, and having to kind of step out of that in your twenties, yeah. I guess, and
2: then and and th- then think about had- that, like athletes at that you know early twenties stage, you're talking probably fell in love with their sport around seven years old, five to eight years old. And then they're in their early 20s. That's that's more than half their lifespan. And that's dealing with that sport and being told if they do excel that they're great at this. And this is something amazing. And you're doing so good. And then mm. it's gone. If it's taken from you or if it's just injury or whatever. Changes. Changes. And then suddenly <laughs> no one's saying... You're the best at this. You're awesome. Yeah. Everyone's kind of like, oh, who yeah. else do I need to look at here? And figure this out. Oh, you're great. Over here. Let's go over here. And like, yeah. you, you just. You're it's left behind lonely. a yeah. bit. It's a fickle totally. beast. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I hope the next generation of kids. And certainly if my kids ever get interested in sports, I'd always want them to be aware of, you know, that love is awesome. And it should be all consuming. And that's part of excelling in anything. But I, not just my kids. Anybody I coach or be involved with would want them to, to kind of make sure that they feed another part of themselves too and just to understand that it's, you know, not 100% everything.
0: You got a Don Staley story? Don Staley. We were talking Don Staley last week. Yeah, I heard. Coach yeah. of South Carolina. Yeah. Obviously, a great player in her day. Yeah. UVA Cavalier. UVA Cavalier from Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. You, you played against Don Staley. You were uh, at a at a club on <laughs>
2: Monument Ave. No, no. I was going to say I never I was... played against her. Oh, okay. We well, no, her team. So she was coaching Temple, and we were playing Temple. Um, and I remember going to the gym. Um, uh, we, for warmups and seeing the temple team and then seeing her and i am be like, Oh my God, like that could be my coach, you know, like, yeah. what is that feeling? I wonder what those, what those, uh, those, those teams, those athletes on that team, um, what it feels like to be coached by Don Staley and sure. to have her involved in their life the way that my coach, you know, like a coach is involved in your life. Um, yeah, I remember that aura of just, uh, starstruck, uh-huh. happened and then we played the game and she's just like a normal person after that and you're just like oh yeah okay yeah she's and then,
0: yelling at her players just yelling look she, she
2: looked she was mean and she was an intense yeah she, she seems like an intense, intense. woman to yeah. me yeah. Like, i was uh, thankful at the end that i wasn't <laughs> happy yeah. to have been exposed and seen this person yeah. but i wasn't i wasn't there to to play at a level that she could coach, I guess.
0: Now we talked about your dad and how kind of intense he was <laughs> when you made it to Richmond. You have two really good years, not to put words in your mouth, two good years. You have this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that land with your dad at the end? Was he, was Older. he, was he proud of you? Obviously he pushed you and you guys had a relationship. Yeah. I love the stories that you've given us so far about your parents. I mean, we're all parents now and, yeah. and, um, how did your dad feel about your college experience?
2: Um Dad, I love you if you're out there listening, <laughs> but uh he was hard he was hard on me, and he did not he was not impressed, and a lot of that was hard for me to to accept and mm. i mean I'm a grown adult now, and it doesn't phase me, I say it doesn't phase me I feel like it doesn't phase me sure. but um yeah that was it was really hard because he was super disappointed, and I don't think he understood. Um, what had happened. And in all frankness, I I think the fact that I was such a adapted gym, gym player, like a pickup player, I didn't fit the system. Like I didn't Mm, do well in a organized structure. structure. I think that was my downfall. Mm. And I I don't know how I could have explained that to him Mm. to have him hear that. Like he wouldn't, I don't think he'd ever hear that. Um, So you know, uh, I know he loved and was proud of me and all that stuff. He, uh, you know, I maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him, but um, I don't think he fully understood why. And I think he, I don't know, it was always a failure to my dad.
0: <laughs> Do you take, we've talked about this, Jamal and I've talked about this off mic and on mic, but like, did you take some moments in there as you were having that journey with your dad, as you were deciding... To where to play university, how you played and how you obviously handled your high school career in a, in kind of a unique way. My point is, Natalie, like I can remember some of the things my dad did yeah. and thinking like, oh, no, no. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to handle this like this. My dad was doing his best, but there's some things that at the time I, I remember thinking, if I ever have kids and we get to a position like this, yeah. I'm going to do things drastically different. Does that still sort of reverberate around in your brain as you, as you think about it, especially now as we converse about it?
2: Absolutely. I think the the one, like I, I don't like to have regrets, but the one thing I wish was, I wish I had that, that was that grade 10, grade 12 experience playing mm-hmm. with a team, like, like the, that's the stuff that I think really stays with you and I missed out like I missed out on that that time with the team the bonding and mm-hmm. the end results like I that wouldn't I don't think it would have taken me away from you are at that stage like I'd yeah. already signed like it was I missed out on that camaraderie and that experience and I wouldn't want to do that to my kids I think mm. part of sport and part of the lessons that sports teach you is how to be with people and how to deal with people and being on a team and pull your weight and like just how to you know, sense and pick up what the vibe is and how do you fill the space that needs to be filled. And, um, yeah, I don't think he quite understood that. And he, again, I mentioned, I think he mentioned he's an immigrant and his whole story was, you must succeed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to advance, you always have to push yourself and never bring yourself to a lower level. But there wasn't a lower level. It was just something different that I don't think he saw the value in. Interesting. Yeah. So. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I was just thinking about why you were saying that um, something I fixated on was how I uh, value team sports in my life. And, and we've all, you know, we all are parents and we were talking about like kind of the things that we want to pass on to our kids. And one of those things for me is is what you were saying and just like coping with different situations. I know for me briefly, I can just say that was how I learned How to connect with people of different backgrounds, different cultures, different things is being placed in a situation where five of you, 11 of you, depending on whatever sport it is, you know, two of you playing doubles tennis, whatever it is, (laughs) you have to find a way to connect run a play, yeah. whatever it is, uh, deal with adversity, come back from you know being down five or whatever with X amount of time left, whatever the scenario is. Uh-huh. But you have to put things aside and and, and, and figure it out together. Yeah. And I f- always feel like that is one of the most beautiful aspects of sports. So, like I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when you can just conquer whatever it is that's in front of you together and get people that, outside of that situation, maybe going in different directions, coming from different places yeah. going in different directions in the yeah. future not agree on certain things mm-hmm. but still uh, succeed at what you're endeavoring to do so it's really cool just to, to hear that you took that away because that's something that always is with me and um, in sport and especially team sports
2: yeah for sure uh, and I think it's something that I, I everybody should get a chance to do I mean I love a good individual sport as well you know running um, <laughs> rock climbing rock climbing yeah. freeing, serving um but there's a magic that you experience yeah. on a team and it's irreplaceable and like you said it, your teammates could be from any walk of life and you have this common thing common goal that you're yeah. trying to attain or and, it's, and it's
0: managing that interpersonal stuff that yeah. the loud angry person in the corner the quiet Kid with the different sort of sort of sunken demeanor, the yeah. sort of and everything in between, right? The yeah. loud, obnoxious, there's the whole thank mix. You. <laughs> no, not like me. <laughs> um let's talk about one of the reasons we want to have you on, Adeline, and really enjoying this conversation and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it how did you get caught up? You took a break from basketball, but we were talking on Tuesday night, the three of us. The women's final four, Caitlin Clark, LSU, totally captivating. So much more interesting than the garbage on the men's side. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, yeah, what did you what did you think? What were some of the thoughts that you had as you watched that, Amen. as North America watched that, watching Caitlin Clark shoot the rock, yeah. watching Angel Reese do her thing in the final game? Yeah. What what sort of um, thoughts and feelings did that elicit from you?
2: Um, I I think the best word to describe it was it compelling. It was so much more compelling to me than the men's absolutely. tournament. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean Jamal, I almost didn't come on by the way because you you're the lowest guy in our bracket for the NCAA men's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you owe us twelve hours at Denny's. That's what I heard.
0: Pancakes. Um, Gotta get through some pancakes. Oh yeah.
2: But uh, the you know the men's game, the men's tournament was exciting when I had the um, the brackets going. And yes, everybody's brackets got busted early, but um, even then, like, it just didn't have that same kind of storyline, and... um didn't have the grab it didn't have the grab and no. i i'm i'm sitting there watching the games thinking oh i'm enjoying this because i'm a, you know I, I i've been in this scene and it's so much better than i remember it like mm-hmm. how cool is this it's mm-hmm. advanced so much my daughter's sitting here next to me she knows who caitlin clark is Heck yeah. yeah right i'm looking at a picture right now i brought this uh justin's daughter and my daughter us and uh she comes home today. She's like, "Mom, look what me and and Gina and Quincy drew. We drew a picture of Caitlin Clark. Can you send it to her? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you seen this?
0: I've heard about Isn't it.
2: Amazing. So she knows who it is, and she talks about it. And her the classmates talk about it. Like, there's more than just my kids sitting on the couch beside her mom, who's a basketball fan, watching basketball, and knowing this player. It's, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it like it's just it's yeah. inspirational. Is it ever? Yeah. But watching those women play and. Uh, the coaches and just the stories and that oh gosh what's her name kim oh god i forgot her name oh, already. Kim
1: um, M- mulkey. Mulkey. mulkey
2: yeah 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 just like her scene oh i love it i yeah. love it like yeah. good for her bring yeah. it on it's she's a show yeah. yeah yeah but y- she speaks with with passion passion and she's intelligent and articulate yep. you know she's she's a character she's got flair but she's also that's a intelligent, nice, that's a nice work. Yeah. intelligent and she yeah. she knows the game and she's what she did with that LSU team Absolutely. these these players had never really played together right like yeah. and bring them together and win a national championship mm-hmm. unreal like what men's group can do that and what story you know do you remember that's equivocal to that on, on the men's side i don't know i mean i i just i was enthralled with it and me too super impressed and I do think it's a bit of a freak situation with this Caitlin Clark woman, she is exceptional exceptional player and I don't know how frequent that comes along but it certainly didn't hurt the story and the the viewership and
0: but she'll be back next year she's only a junior she's got one more year so this momentum that that women's basketball college women's basketball has built over this like has a chance to continue and progress and maybe these two teams meet in the final again next year and instead of 10 million people watching in the United States there's 20 million people watching in the United States and how great would that be
2: yeah, well, I think you did it. Was it you, Jamal, that said last episode that you said there was more people watched that women's game than any NBA game that this whole year? Yeah, is that true? It's a fact. That's insane. Like that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I was talking to another. Where'd you ma- get that, by the way? <laughs> From Mia. <you. laughs> Um, I was talking to another mom and she doesn't know basketball, but her little girl likes basketball. And so she turned on the game, which is so cool because it was a, an option to turn on the game, right? Um, which 20 years ago, you're not watching a... I remember my dad would drive me down to Washington State to like a hotel lobby so we could watch a, a woman's basketball game on ESPN. On ESPN. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can remember the, the smell of those fresh-baked cookies at the mm. Holiday Inn. Mm. Um,
0: little continental brekkie. Totally.
2: We didn't even stay there. We just kind of like lurked. <laughs> 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 it was amazing. Um, anyways, like the fact that that's at home and you can sit on your couch and it's available in Victoria, BC, like a mm-hmm. little sleepy Victoria, oh, just makes my heart just explode with hope and happiness and you know like my son my little six-year-old boy knows mm-hmm. who Kalen clark is that's cool very so cool,
0: cool. Yeah. i got a kick out of on tuesday night when we were at basketball i told this to jc earlier but when we showed up and we were doing you and i were doing we had two teams we had purple pennies <laughs> and black pennies right and my daughter quincy got just happened to get the black pennies and um the other kid sort of came up to her and said you look like
2: oh <gasps> Really?
0: Caitlin Clark, right? In the black, sort of in the black Iowa jersey. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, really struck a chord with me, Natalie. Like it really hit as a, as a, as a formerly, you know, like as a kid who grew up as a, as a male, as a boy who grew up and, and only having those sort of NBA or those athletes on TV that were males and now as the proud father of three daughters I, I'm still on a high about like having this young woman as we don't have to watch Freddy Van, Van Vliet yeah. <laughs> or or whomever that your your child's into in this case your daughter's into like there's this clear prime amazing incredible shooter yeah. so much swag yeah well spoken young woman I mean, she took a lot of the pub, not to take away from LSU, but she right. took a lot of the hype early, sort of in an individual way. And I just think it's, as a male, I just think it's really cool. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think it's so great.
2: Oh, that's awesome to hear. It totally is. And I mean, what do you think, Jamal? Two boys, but
1: my, well, the first thing or something I was thinking while both of you were talking about this, the basketball was so much better to watch. Yeah. yeah. It was so much more enjoyable than watching a rock fight with San Diego State, <laughs> the first to 60 wins. Yeah. Like, LSU dropped a hundred two or whatever it was in the in the final. Yeah. I don't know if anyone in the men's uh, tournament scored that much, like in a, in a game.
2: Yeah, we should fact check that. You right? know,
1: and it was just drive and kick, uh, basketball hitting threes, way more dynamic. I felt than a lot of the men's game, and God, it was just so much better. Like it's, uh, I said to Justin recently, like uh, I'm not a hockey aficionado, and I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that, but. I often will gravitate towards the um, Olympic um, U.S. Game? versus uh, yeah. Canadian women's game because yeah. it has more flow than watching yeah. the men's game. Yeah, And I felt that same way watching the women's game. I was like, this is so much more dynamic. I wanna see if Caitlin Clark's gonna, there was a stat I saw, her average uh, three pointer that she made I think was like 25 plus feet that's incredible. away. That's and I'm ins- like,
0: that that's is insane. insane. She was casting from so deep that yeah. entire tournament like, a lot of... We talked about Steph Curry in the last episode. Yeah. So much of Steph Curry in there. She'd yeah. get across half-court, and as soon as she's across across just like you on tuesday night fucking <laughs> letter it you know another thing too i think i am to mention to you
1: off air justin that's really cool and we talk about steph curry and the phenomenon around him
0: and visual appealing is what i was getting at there it's so visual appealing it's so Visually visual appealing, appealing and
1: i feel like it's more attainable right like caitlin clark's six foot i, yeah. I believe and Steph's about six three which mm-hmm. in basketball men's basketball you know is not huge or whatever but that is so much more attainable than um, being like Joel Embiid and being yeah. seven foot two and mm-hmm. just pounding inside and just having Giannis. you know Giannis yeah. type things like uh, Jokic, uh, uh, Luca having those body types, having those things. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. having genetic stuff. Yeah. That stuff's great. It's cool. It's fun to watch those guys. But to me, my eyes love to see like a Caitlin Clark or a Curry, and I think that it also enables. Our kids to dream that that could be a reality because it's more attainable. Because if you just work out and grind and, and shoot threes all day or whatever, work on your, you know, catch and shoot off the dribble, whatever those uh, those fine details, it doesn't really matter as much, um, you know, that you just don't have those genetic, exactly, freakish like an- anomalies gifts. type <laughs> gifts, right? Yeah, and it just seems like a such a cool, more attainable thing. Like um, so, that too is something that really gets me going when I see that game I'm just like oh this is so cool because honestly to be frank a lot of the men's game uh, college and NBA I'm a bit of a dinosaur but I don't like watching it because a lot of it is just athletes that actually aren't good basketball players and I feel like a lot of these uh college uh women's basketball players WNBA players I say they actually have basketball IQ they can actually play basketball yeah I feel like a lot of the nba honestly is a lot of just six nine guys Pure with like seven foot wingspans that yeah. have kind of late in life you're tall you have these athletic skills you can learn to do this you can be a three and d guy you can be a specialist you yeah. can figure out these niche things to have a seven eight year uh, career in the nba mm-hmm. and be the eighth or ninth guy off of the bench versus just some of the skills that some of these women have built and it just, I don't know. It just appeals to me way more.
2: It totally does. And I, I'd taken a good 20 year break from watching any college basketball. And in the past five years, I got back into NBA basketball watching it. Um, question that i have i want to put out there is that would nba basketball be more appealing if they played fewer games because oh, we yeah. wouldn't be so yes. tired oh, of yeah. it yes. and we would appreciate it more oh, yeah. maybe and then the second thing is when i i noticed when i turned basketball, the college basketball on this year watching the men's first it, i i was struck with how relatable it was i i was mm. like wow this is different than the NBA. Oh yeah. Right. Like, look at this. Not every guy is like a phenomenal, like athletic, mm-hmm. you know, freak for lack of a better word, freak in the best way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, gifted. <laughs> uh, and so I was watching, I thought, wow, like this is really fun. Like this is a game that I could see in person. Yeah. People like I, I could relate to these people. These are people that I could, I could have met in my life. Right. Sure. Um, and then I watched the women's game and I was like, Oh, I can see everything like this. This is digestible. Like it's not way out there. It's touchable. I, I can relate to this. I can see this. This is real. I can see my kids. I can see my like well, my former teammates, I guess I could see myself. Maybe that's being a bit, you know. <laughs> take it, take it. That's <laughs> don't know. All good. but yeah. it just felt good. It just felt like, oh, I can see this being, like, I could see myself here. I could see my friends here. I could see my kids here. Cool. It just, you know, it just seems more down to earth, but.
0: Have you been back to Richmond since you left? No.
2: Mm, I have not been back to Richmond since I left. I promised I'd take Dan, my husband there one day. We made it as far as Washington, D.C., which is – I lived there after I went to Richmond. Um, but we never made it down to UR and the Boatwright Library and that lake in the middle of the campus. Man, that place is gorgeous. <laughs> it is. Yeah.
1: Side oh. note, just while you're talking about that, I used to remember some late nights leaving um, and looking at the lake because I used to do uh, – sometimes. I had a friend that was a DJ. He had a late night show. So sometimes I would fill in and DJ for him. Yeah. And I remember some, some just nights where it was pin drop quiet on campus. I'm just like walking to my car, taking my equipment, just looking around. I was like, this yeah. is really picturesque. Totally. And like a, it's like a brochure. It was, it was great. Yeah.
2: So. Oh man, that campus is just gorgeous. And like at night in the Richmond, Virginia, just that blanket of warmth that surrounds you in the summer and the cicadas and just, I don't know. It's so verdant. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous space. It's underrated. I don't know why we don't hear more about it. <laughs> Preach on. You're I guess here. I want to go here, back. Here. I guess I'm trying to. I guess internally it's coming out.
1: Yeah. No, that's wonderful. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> this was such a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for for being our uh, inaugural guest on the show and and telling us about your journey and and it's been great and. We're looking forward to maybe future conversations as well. And obviously, we'll see you at the Tuesday run.
2: Yeah. No, thanks so much for having me. A real pleasure, guys. I'm honored.
0: Thanks, Natalie.
2: (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Class with Justin and Jamal. It's that time again. Q&A with J&J. You
0: know it, you love it. Q&A with J&J brought to you by the Easter Bunny. Why the Easter Bunny in my fucking yard so early that chipmunks, rats, and squirrels are eating the chocolates he puts out <laughs> before my kids wake up early enough to find them? Guy's slipping. Guy's slipping. <laughs> And on a more serious note, I'm joking about that, on a more serious note, Q&A with J&J unofficially brought to you by, usually we drink something a little more local while we're recording, but tonight we're drinking an Anheuser-Busch product, we're drinking Bud Lights tonight, because they stepped up to the plate, put their money where their mouth is, big company, um, showing some respect and some love and some admiration to the trans trans community, and taking a lot of heat, especially in the southern right part of the United States. And tonight we're drinking BLs because um, they step up to the plate and again showing some 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 really positive quality putting human first kind of initiatives that I think Jamal and I really believe in and we're appreciative of that tonight with our dollars. So tonight while we record we're sipping a couple of Bud Lights because they're doing that and they're and they're in supporting the trans community and that means a lot to me. Kid Rock and
1: shoot at him. I'll drink them.
0: That's how I feel. Exactly. Exactly. Well put.
1: Q&A with J&J. Let We're me... going
0: back to movies.
1: We're going back to movies. Kay. So I've uh, been catching a lot of commercials. as I've been watching my sports, as I often do. And we teased it like a bit ago in one of the previous pods. But they made a reboot of White Men Can't Jump, which is one of my favorite all-time movies. A buddy film. You know, you got our guys, uh, Woody Harrelson, Billy Ho, Mm -hmm. and you got uh, Wesley Snipes uh, kind of playing together, Mm -hmm. working the courts, hustling Mm -hmm. in in L.A. Rosie Perez is a love interest. Rosie Perez, man. I've always wanted to be on Jeopardy. I'm so (sighs) envious. I am so full of trash, trivia knowledge. I think I could kill it on Jeopardy, but that's another time. Anyway, we were just thinking... Question for today, Q&A with J&J. If you could recast the reboot, because I think they've got Jack Harlow, and And I I apologize, I don't know the guy's name. I don't know the guy's name. I'll have to put that in the notes. But if you could recast this reboot, who would you cast as uh, Billy Ho,
0: (laughs) our guy, Woody Harrelson? (laughs) And Wesley. Well, the obvious answer is you and I. (laughs) The obvious answer is you and I. We're everyone's favorite buddy comedy. We're the new Kornheiser and Will Bond. We're gonna take over Wesley and and Billy Ho. I think it's you and I. That's an easy answer. It's e- easy answer. It totally
1: makes sense. Totally I mean, you got the jumper. <laughs> you're kind of goofy looking. You could hustle. I've seen you talk shit before. Mm. I could see like totally see you just like, oh, I'm wearing this tie dye hat and you flip yeah. it around and you start mfing people and just yeah. taking money off of dudes. Yeah, Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here looking. coming at- off the train,
0: walking down the train. <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, I'm just,
0: like, looking
1: just super, super cool in my, like, uh, in my fits. Because, you know, I like to look good, feel good. Yeah, you You do like a tennis hat. (laughs) Exactly. But, yeah, that's what I would cast. But if I had to reach into the bag and cast someone in Hollywood, here's Mm. my pitch for you. If I had, if money was no object. It isn't. Wesley Snipes' character? Yeah. Michael B. Jordan? We know he's athletic. Creed, okay. he's got okay. that. He's got the Friday Night Lights background.
0: Overexposed, but I get your point. He's got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So
1: he's my guy there. He looks yeah. good on camera. And then my Woody Harrelson. And this might be a little too glossy, a okay. little too Hollywood, little maybe too pretty. Yeah. But a guy I love, sex symbol, mm. athletic as Ooh. hell, Channing Tatum. Wow. Might be too muscly,
0: though yeah what do you think how's his jumper is are his biceps know, getting man. in the way of his jumper i know he's a god that's relatable killer stripper but I, <laughs> I i don't know about his jumper have you watched the third magic mike with Channing Tatum? no well, neither. Maybe i'm sure day. it's good yeah i like that i kind of like that combo that's some heavyweights that's some heavyweights this that's a- not jack harlow and someone we don't know <laughs> Yeah that's, that's
1: some guy who probably like you know had like some time on like a WB show or some shit. I
0: don't know. It's the WB. WB. How did uh how did Jack Harlow get that role? Out? I don't know him as an actor. I know only know him from his fabulous fabulous life right like how did he has he acted before kids do you have chops no he's been he's on saturday night live
1: a couple of weeks ago plugging this but i don't think he's he's got like a catalog of films his filmography
0: his imdb page is not you know is is not huge god they're remaking everything and they do not want to let a classic sit idle for more than like 10 years they're just rebooting everything including white men can't jump
1: no i'm with you and while we're there just briefly another film that's coming out this weekend and you and i should go check it out at okay. some point is air i'm really excited oh, yeah, about nice. this and this has also got you know some tinges of obviously like a a, a sports film because uh, if you if you don't know it's basically kind of the story of how nike was on the come up and got jordan mm-hmm. to uh sign with
0: them and mm-hmm. then the rest is history sonny vaccaro yeah uh ben affleck um mad damon. damon they've been best friends since grade six and they're making this movie it's getting a lot of buzz and looks got 99 percent on rotten tomatoes jason bateman's in there nice Rola davis
1: it's gonna be great i've heard some good things um i'm curious about it so maybe that's a, a i little... think that's
0: worth watching yeah from what it looks like
1: yeah maybe we'll go down to the uh, Capitol six and make it happen
0: go down to the local cinema yeah yeah man share a popcorn covid's over <laughs> extra butter please what are you what are you while we're talking movies what are some of the other sports movies that have stuck with you that you've enjoyed through the years be it recent or from your childhood or what what, is, what are some of your favorite sports sports movies when Dante and Nico get a little bit older and they want to watch a sports flick what are you pulling out on DVD VHS
1: Oh, this is a great call. It's a great question. You know what's funny? And this might be further down the line for them, but like it's it's a bit hokey, but I literally do love blue chips. Nice. I like blue chips.
2: Love blue chips. Something... Nick Nolte.
0: <laughs> Nick Nolte, Shaq, Penny Hardaway. Pre-NIL. <laughs> the Dolphins, the Western
1: Dolphins. There's so many levels to that. Yeah, for sure. On um, a more serious tip, Friday Night Lights. The that's that's one I like. The the TV show. I mean, I can do a whole. I can write a thesis paper on it. You love I, that show. I st- I'm on my third watch right now as we Crazy. speak, man. Never seen a second of. Never seen a lick. Ballad of Tim Riggins, If you know, you know. Okay. Um, but yeah, that that's a TV show. But that's one that also uh, I really gravitate toward. But one that I think. Wait, wait, wait. What about Friday Night Lights the movie? Billy Bob,
0: Billy Bob Thornton. He was good
1: in it. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I mean, you know, uh,
0: Permian High School in Texas.
1: Yeah, I even read the novel. I read it um, too. Yeah, it's great. Just the, the, the I whole... can read. <laughs> of course you can. You got a sociology degree. Remember, thank you.
0: Right? Hey, thank you. That's the one thing you needed to get it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, just it, it's an interesting story. I mean, you spent spent some time in Kilgore, so maybe it resonates with you on a yeah. different level too, because of those. Those Western Texas, Central Texas towns that are going through a lot of different things desperate people, things mm-hmm. people need community, they gravitate toward a certain mm-hmm. thing. And in Texas, often it's football. And, you know, people put so much stock in that. And it's so, so, so interesting, I think, as a result, because it just creates a culture that is unique yeah. and unlike any other. I mean, you could maybe draw a parallel to some like european soccer love and things like that but it's 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 innately a texas thing uh when
0: i was down in texas going to school we went to a high school game couple towns over i can't remember the name of the town but we went and sort of had a little bit of the experience of the friday night lights place was packed i'd say there's probably six thousand people there a big high school stadium from what i had seen previous to that place was decked out in orange every person in that joint was decked out in orange and you could see it like at the gas stations they were selling i'll never forget seeing like high school gear for sale at the gas station when we stopped to get some snacks on the way there right i was like holy cow they're selling these orange jerseys and these orange t-shirts to the to the residents like at the gas station of the high school that was interesting to me. I had never seen that before. And that's, and that's another interesting thing you point out. This is high school. Like, we talked
1: about the cult yeah. of college ball. We've talked about it before. Like, you going to, like, a UT Austin game, like, University of Michigan, things like that. Mm-hmm. But this is high school. Like, the whole town is just gravitating towards these moments. And it's just wild to me that everybody, grown-ass men and women, oh. are living and dying by what their team does on a Friday night against their crosstown rival. But speaking of football, yeah. I think a movie that we both really <laughs> love. Mm-hmm. We talk about things we could show our kids. We can't show our kids this because this is definitely R-rated. We got to push it down the line a little bit. For sure, for sure. And I'm going to say any given Sunday. <laughs>
0: That's the, that's not the one I was thinking of, but I love that one. That's not the one I was thinking of. Oh, okay. I was that's thinking cool of a that's... different football movie. All right, I want to hear that. But let me give me yes. give me your takes on any given Sunday. Hold on one second. The high school team I went to watch on that Friday night was the Gilmore Buckeyes. Gilmore Buckeyes. Okay. In Northeast Texas was the game I went to. Were, they, were you cheering against them because they were called the Buckeyes? Hmm. A little bit. I sat there as a neutral, actually, as you would say. I was agnostic that night. I was more soaking in the atmosphere a couple of aforementioned Bud Lights under the table and just kind of soaked it up enjoying the Americana of it all but it was fun it was a great game some big hits remember walking in and out of there it was a sight to be seen for My Little eyes from Black Creek
1: uh, I, I, I romanticized that in some way. I, I was I played high school football, so there was something about the smell of the fresh cut grass, mm-hmm. the lights, the anticipation, the lights, man, the lights. just the vibes. Parents there, cheerleaders, all the vibes. It's just it's it's a it's a pure time in a lot of people's lives too. High school resonates, and it's sure.
0: so beautiful. So. Oh, that's cool, man. Let's skip ahead to any given Sunday. Do you sometimes, when you're maybe feeling a little groggy in the morning, you've been up late at night editing the pod, do you listen to Al Pacino's speech in the morning when you're in the shower to give you that <laughs> jolt on a good Friday, to give you that... Hoo-ah, the, Hoo-ah. Life
1: is a game of inches. Yes, I do. Occasionally, I just need that I thought you little
0: might. oomph. Sometimes you just need that juice. What sometimes- the all- one of the all-time great... Speeches, coach speeches in cinematic history, in my humble opinion.
1: And it's one of those things for me that I suspend my disbelief. I don't think about the fact that this is this is this is Al Pacino as a coach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just kind of lost in the moment and I'm just thinking, man, this is really, really cool. Like just see like Al Pacino talking to like Lawrence Taylor, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who's chainsaw and someone's truck. Yeah. Willie right. truck. All right. Uh Jamie Fox, like oh, there's a, a litany of stars in Early the Jamie
0: Fox. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. She gave me money. And <laughs> I'm a need. I like that movie Steamy will and Beaman, Willie Beeman, Willie Beeman, a young Bill Bellamy in that flick. I got a guy in my crew at work, I call him Steamin' Willie Beeman, he does not get the reference, but I will not <laughs> stop calling him that. Uh, that's right. Yeah. But yeah LL Cool J. Yeah, looked swole. Swole, we yeah, big LL Cool J PDs? Uh, something like a phenomenon. <laughs> But yeah, there's so many moments.
1: There's, there's some, it's like an ugly side of footballs in there too. Like the, the beauty is, it's kind of, it's, it's cool. Cause it's like, I mean, it's obviously hyperbolic. It's, it's Hollywood. There's
0: a bit of a. Cameron Diaz as the daughter's owner. Where so- is
1: Cameron Diaz right now? she She was gone. great, man. She's gone.
0: She's having her family. She's hidden in the hills of Vermont. I don't think we're going to see her again. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Um, James Wood. Um, oh, who yeah. I think has much different political leanings than you and I does, but sort of playing the team doctor syringing and jabbing and numbing anything that that um, needed it and is probably apropos of what was happening at the time and is still happening in, especially on football teams with team paid doctors today. That's interesting. For sure, really hits
1: close to home. I hear my guy Chris Long on his pod, Greenlight always talk about his uh toradol use usage and like just shooting him up dealing with a lot of joint pain and things like that and just kind of getting through it and you know he's in his mid to late 30s now and just kind of dealing
0: with it so that's that's reality Mm -hmm. yeah chris long definitely dealing with some joint pain (laughs) hey um i want to talk about my favorite sports movie also a football movie but my favorite and that's the and that's the program the program have you seen the program Ages ago, I thought you were going to go um,
1: Pride of Northern Virginia and go with, uh, oh my God, it's escaping me, uh, the movie with Denzel Washington in high school. Oh, uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah, that's thought you going to go there, but I'm glad you went to the program because that's some real, real shit.
0: I love from... Uh, I love the program. The program is my favorite sports movie. James Caan? James Caan? Yeah. Um, uh, Tim, uh, 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 um, what's that actor's name? Uh, a Young Halle Berry? Yes. There's some wonderful scenes. If you haven't seen the program, it wouldn't probably play today. Some of it's a little bit risque, made in the mid-early 90s. Yep. I once found it on DVD on a basketball trip at in the middle of the night about a 3am stop at a gas station in Kamloops our team bus pulls in poor drivers gotta gas up the jet I roll in to the to the Petro Canada and you know maybe a little Gatorade a little chocolate bar oh what Hawkins I, Cheesies maybe some Hawkins Cheesies and what do I see in the DVD rack for 3 dollars The program. And I bought the program. Does it reside in Black Creek right now? Oh, I wish. I wish. I left it with my pal in Edmonton. Shout out to Freddie. He's got it. Uh, Alvin Mack in that movie. The the What I really like about that movie, JC, is the football scenes. The football scenes are so accurate, super intense, follows this... Um, fictional university football team but they play against real teams they play against Notre Dame they play against Michigan and it goes through it there's this linebacker Alvin Mack hits people so hard they have snot bubbles the program (laughs) you don't remember the program no I remember that like just moments
1: fleeting moments of it but now I need to go back and revisit it and I always love analogies where people talk about hitting so hard hitting so hard I knock in in next week hitting hit you so hard and get snot bubbles
0: you poo butt motherfucker yeah like just so many great lines Omar Epps was the actor I was thinking of Omar Epps is so good in that one of my young crushes as a young kid Christy Swanson's Ooh. in that she plays sort of the love interest of the quarterback Joe Kane Kane is able is the the Heisman pitch in that flick I love the program I could talk a lot of program um uh, great scene great scene where Omar Epps's character he's the he's trying to sort of um, sort of state his case to Halle Berry if you will who's playing his tutor and she's in a relationship with the with another uh, running back and 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 Omar Epps's character says to Halle Berry um uh, um, Darnell Jefferson, tailback, and then the other guy says, "Ray, oh, I can't remember Ray, starting tailback, and it's this really intense scene. A Halle Berry, a young Omar Epps is great, man. It's a great fucking flick. I kind of blew that scene, but it's a great flick.
1: Omar Epps is great. He was in uh, Love and Basketball, I believe too. Like he's he's been in a bunch of yeah. Like I'm not a bad gig to be like the go-to actor that's been <laughs> in a bunch of like." Uh, um, you know, sports-based films in
0: Hollywood. Not a bad gig at all. Not a bad gig. No, that's cool. Yeah, check it out. Probably doesn't quite hold up again in some of those scenes. It probably probably wouldn't be made in 2023. <laughs> but that movie was made a long time ago, 1993. Worth a rewatch. Worth a rewatch. I gotta go, gotta go
1: to uh, find a DVD somewhere at a truck stop. Maybe somewhere north of the Malahat.
0: I'm sure it's probably a little more accessible than that. Maybe not much, though. (laughs) You might have to drive to Nanaimo. (laughs) We'll see. I want to switch gears
1: and just kind of uh, round up the pot and talk a little bit of parenting. I had a few things going down, and I know people love uh, some parenting talk. So we, just on the back end of uh, two weeks, two weeks a fortnight of time away, for spring break as they do it here and hey guess what justin Mm. our kids got four more days off as we speak because of uh to look for the chocolates (laughs) to look for the chocolates we need four
0: days to do that
1: (laughs) it's good friday as we speak and easter monday will be up at us soon get the ham get the turkey get the
0: jesus again i'm working out of principle go on
1: well just wanted to recap some wins uh, from the, the you know, parenting uh, sphere during uh, during that time. And one of the things that was cool with me, you know, we're trying to be creative, find ways to get the kids outside. Sometimes they don't want to go outside. Hey, guys, it's it's sunny outside. You've been inside all day. You should go outside. Nah. Hmm. we're going to keep playing this Lego. Hmm. But I'm um, trying to get the kids outside and trying to be creative, as I said. And got a new... Kind of innovated this week, JK. So we've long had these walkie-talkies. We use them periodically, but kind yep. of got buried in in the in the rubble of all the different things we yep. have in our living room. And the kids wanted to go out to the nearby playground here where we live. And it was kind of like, you know, kind of doing my thing. I had some stuff going on. And just, why don't you guys go out? But you know what? You got to cross a main street here. Take the walkie-talkies. We're gonna try this out. You take the walkie-talkie. I'm gonna keep one here. We'll stay in uh, in radio communication. We'll just walk through it. A little bit of independence. Lots of excitement on their end. That sounds fun. Lots of nervousness on my end. Sure. So I walk them across the street because I'm just like I'm not taking that that L if that happens. I mean, whatever. But I gotta go there. We gotta go there. So get him across the street and then it's like a hop skip and a joint a uh, joint got a hop skip and a jump to the where they need to be and it was awesome nice. it was great Dante's constantly hitting me he's like update yeah got to the tennis court people playing pickleball got dog park everything's cool no dogs here got to the got to the playground Da, da, da. and then at one point it was just joyous laughter. He had awesome. just put his thumb down on the uh, the speak button or what have yes. you, and it was just like I assume him on like a carousel or yeah. going down a slide or something. And it was like eight it's... seconds of like non contextual just joy, glee. Yeah, amazing. just like I'm away from parents. I'm having fun. I'm in a safe environment. Yeah, we. You know, it was oh. amazing. And that's it was the best. So good. It was yeah. so gratifying because I was just thinking, okay. Cool. We've set it a little standard here. He can get out, do his own thing yeah. with Nico. He's looking after his brother. They're having fun, but also feel like, you know, if they're in need or something happens, we had the conversation earlier. If X happens, you do this. If mm-hmm. this happens, you do that. And they've got you on the other end. They got me on the other end and I'm on standby. And then, you know, they came home. They're elated. I feel like they've reached a new chapter in their independence and yes. sovereignty and it was great. and. Nice yeah it was cool just to have them you know have that autonomous like yeah. 15 20 minutes and i don't know i feel like was, big step it's like a, a nice step yeah it's a big win so yeah man it was great that concludes another episode of the sports gloss thanks for hanging around and joining us as always you can find us on instagram at the sports gloss we're gonna be talking some nba and nhl playoffs down the road and i'll jump back into some tennis as well as always survive in advance. Peace.